Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode brought to you by Yahoo Sports Canada. You guys already know the deal. Like, share, subscribe, leave a comment down below. My name is Iman, and today... We've got some big news for you guys. Masai Ujiri held a press conference after the news that Nick Nurse is no longer with the team. He's been let go by the Raptors, was announced. It was a press conference where we learned a lot, quite honestly. I mean, Masai Ujiri is a guy who takes his words very carefully. It's not a surprise to me that we waited this long for him to start to speak, but he said quite a bit in the moments that we did have. Amit was someone who was there. And so I'm going to throw it to you. I'm also joined by Amit Mann, I should, <laughs> I should point in, of Yahoo Sports Canada. Amit, you were there today. So what did you think yeah. about, one, the news that Nick Nurse was gone, and two, what Masai Jury had to say about it? There's so much uh, to talk about with uh, this thing. Thanks, Simon, by the way. Happy to be here on this Friday. I was... You Mubarak, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm surprised that it happened today. I guess I shouldn't be because of you know the Raptors and how they are. But yesterday I did a pod with Javon and we were like, okay, so maybe we get the news next week. And then surely enough, we get an email late that evening that, okay, well, this is happening. And then obviously this morning they announced the firing. It's a bit surprising just because when you go into the details of what Masai was saying and like they, Nick and Masai and, you know, the, the upper office, they were having meetings throughout the week, you know? Which right. is strange. Like you think about Dwayne Casey when he was let go, it happened shortly after the season ended, um, which makes you think that this wasn't necessarily a foregone conclusion that he was going to be let go. And when Masai is talking about, you know, Nick says to me on his way out, you know, good luck with those guys. And it was a nice moment. And there was, it wasn't, it was a very nice breakup, essentially the best breakup ever. You know? Which is not what the internet has turned that into, I want to ask. Not at all. No, <laughs> yeah. And I'm happy it was a sincere that... good luck, you guys. It, it was, but actually the way Masai said it, it did kind of come off as yeah. he, he was being a bit of a jerk. But then he did preface it saying, no, it was like, there was no, it wasn't contentious. It was just like a, it was a nice moment actually that he really does care about these guys and, and so forth. So I just keep on going back to like, so then what happened? Like, then why is this happening? You know? Um, Masai addresses that there are issues with the roster. He said, we need to add shooting like 6,000 times. Obviously we know this. Um, he mentioned that we need to get our spirit back. We got to regain our culture and things like that. Then, okay. But then this is the same guy that helped you build the culture that helped you win a championship. So I don't think we actually understood. We actually know what exactly happened. And maybe that's just, it is what it is. Uh, Michael Grange, he did kind of dig a little bit and yeah. uh, Masai wouldn't take the bait. He said, uh, we're moving forward now. The past is the past, and here we go. But that's the thing that just sticks out to me is that we still don't know, you know, why this had to happen and um, why they couldn't have just, you know, fixed the flaws on the roster and given Nick a, a shot with, you know, a team that, that actually has shooting because there is a lot of talent on the roster. But it's, again, it's still inexplainable why this all happened this season. I think I, I agree, and I think that's really interesting. And here's something that I maybe I've just 
I might be reading too much into things, but when Masai Ujiri talks, he's never going to give away a lot. And mm. so it's a lot of like reading in between the lines. Because here's yeah. one thing he did say is, you know, I don't think the Raptors scapegoated Nick Nurse in this press conference by any means. I think they recognize no. that everyone, they're, they're, the culture, the players, Masai himself took blame. I think we recognize that there's tons of blame to go around. Mm. But the fact that Nick Nurse got let go, and I sort of go back to, and, and maybe this is unfair, but it, in all of the ways that the Raptors operate this year, I look at things that they've done in the past because there's not a team that sort of changes things up quite often. They didn't let go of Dwayne Casey for a long time. There were calls yeah. upon calls upon calls for Dwayne Casey to go. Sweep after sweep after sweep, literally three sweeps is what mm. it took for him to for him to be let go. And and so like this isn't a team that does things without reason this is not yeah. this is a he talks about the relationship that he has with nick nurse he talks he he said in that quote where nick nurse wished him good luck he said that that was tough that's how he ended it and it wasn't like oh that was tough that he you know took a dig at us that way it was it's tough to be in this breakup with him in this moment mm. i think he recognizes that letting someone go who was a part of a championship you know he mentioned winning a championship with him and how that sort of binds them together in a way you know I think that that sort of points to some bigger issues. Here. Like to me, that's sort of how I read yeah. things and I might be reading uh-huh. into things. No, but I think you're onto something. Yep. One. And and so to me, Masai Ujiri not, like not coming out against that very strongly, not saying mm. like it to me, it was like you come out in defense. You can't come out in defense of a guy that you just fired. That doesn't make any sense. But there, it felt very much like there are some issues here in terms of the culture with Nick Nurse. And yeah, he was a part of establishing it, but this was culture that was established with Dwayne Casey. This is culture that was established with Kyle Lowry and and DeMar DeRozan. You know, he sort of took over that and he, yes, he came through, you know, the, the team, he was the assistant coach here for sure. um, And a part of the sort of changes that the Raptors made, but this wasn't his culture. Mm-hmm. And the Raptors want to get back to some sort of culture. And I think a lot of that sort of falls on Nick Nurse. I think we're starting to see a lot of it because, yeah, in the subsequent years of like the championship, things were all gravy. Things were all good. It's easy when you're winning. He talks about it. He talked a little bit about that in terms of Scotty Barnes' relationship with some of the veterans even, which yeah, we'll get sure. into in just a bit. But um, things are, are masked when you're winning. But I also think a lot of those winning teams – had veterans they had Kyle Lowry they had Marcus Ole they had Serge Ibaka mm. this is a team that doesn't have any of that and needs a leader and needs culture and it's very clear that they lacked that and I think that does start with your coach and to me letting Nick Nurse goes kind of points to that as much as like and that's why I say it like there's a lot to sort of take away from this I think I think that this was a big indictment on terms of like in terms of Nick Nurse building a culture here because that's not something that he did um that's something that Dwayne Casey did it's something that he inherited Mm. And it's not really worked in the same way that Masai Ujiri inherited a team that Brian Colangelo built, but we've seen the way that Masai Ujiri was able to take that to the next level. Yeah. Nick Nurse inherited a team that Dwayne Casey built and he was able to win a championship with them, but he's not been able to replicate that in terms of like building a, a similar culture and, and growing and developing guys from the beginning. So that's how I read into things today. Yeah. Again, this season, I did a I did a podcast with Ben Golliver, who wrote um, an article on why the Raptors were sleeping giants in the Eastern Conference, which is hilarious as we sit here now. But at the same time, at that moment, and I think you've done some content around it too, is that you know, going into the season, like they were looked at as like you know something that was really interesting, really inspiring, and they're doing things differently, and it's kind of working. Um, and one of the things I talked about in in that uh, pod with with Ben is that 
it's unique. It's rare to have a front office that's so in sync with each other and the values and right. what you're trying to go forward with. Um, yep, and that's then what I put in my back, piece. Yeah, exactly. And then you think back last July, last July um, Masai Ujiri on the podium laughing about the rumors of the Lakers wanting to go after Nick Nurse. like, And that oh, was amazing. less than a year ago. Yep. And so there to where we are now it's it's such a stark difference and you you obviously things have gone down um we aren't going to find out probably but if Masai and company I want the book. are good yeah i know right <laughs> michael green you on it um if they're good um then it, it, to me it sounds like it's more of a player player nick kind of thing i mean all the players said the right things on end of season pressers but that's kind of where I'm landing that um, whether mm -hmm. maybe they're not buying into the system. We saw Fred's comment about we need a new identity, um, you know, less freedom on offense. It could just be coming down to X's and O's, you know, style of play. And Masai emphasized that that's going to be really important with this next coach is one, you know, the culture you're bringing, your energy, your spirit, and also what's your style of play? How are you going to sell us on, you know, you being the head coach of the Toronto Raptors? Because we got the players and that's what he believes. We got the players. Right, you got to do something with them. So, what are you going to do? Um, that's a big thing that um, I thought too. Is um, yeah, it's it's coming down more to the X's and O's, perhaps than we necessarily believe. But also, I think the player side of it too, and where they are. Like in the end, like if, when you have so many players you've invested in and you care about them, and you think that they're going to be part of your long term future. If it's not gelling, and you still believe in the players, then something has to give, <laughs> and it could just mean that's fair. It could mean the coach. And, you know, Masai Ujiri talked about there being other changes, like changes need to be made with this team. And I don't think it'll Stupid. end with Nick Nurse, but he also did mention you can't make all changes, right? Like, yeah. it's much easier to fire the coach than to trade away half your roster. Mm. Um, and, and Masai Ujiri has, you know, reiterated, as he always does, that, like, losing is not a winning philosophy to him, right? Which, yeah. hey, losing does not lead to winning quite often mm. in the NBA, even if you look at it. Um, and so... <sighs> Okay, so I want to I want to pivot into talking about what that sort of future coach could be. There's there's some rumors, and this is all just going to be speculation on our part. Mm. But I was sort of interested, and in, and in, uh, I think it might have been Grange who asked this question, and and I I was really interested in in listening to Masai Ujiri expand more on this, which is, have you like? To me, it's a chicken or an egg thing when you have a coach. Hmm. With Nick Nurse, it felt like the Raptors were building a team that Masai Ujiri, we, talked, we just mentioned it, that Masai Ujiri and Nick Nurse kind of believed in, right? It was Nick wants to play long athletic guys. He wants to have the switchiest defense. That's what Nick likes to do. That's the team that Masai Ujiri built and put together. Hmm. You have these guys now, but a lot of them aren't under contract. There are some moves to be made. We, we Masai Ujiri you know, talked about those trades that didn't happen at the deadline are still on the table right now. And there are going to be 29 yeah. losers. So it's much better to make a deal when there are 29 losers, as opposed to 20 hopeful teams thinking mm -hmm. they got a shot at a championship. Right. And so there probably are some additional moves to be made here. So to me, the question was, what do you do? Do you pick your coach and build a team around like, Obviously, you're not making sweeping changes. They've got to be able to work with the Scotty Barnes and Pascal Siakam. You got to kind of you have your main core pieces, but do you build a team based off of what you want your what you're looking for in terms of like your coach, or do you have this team in place and you're saying, "Hey, coach, I need you to fit with these guys that we have on the roster." What mm. is the sort of chicken or the egg thing? And it's something that he didn't touch on as much as I sort of wanted him to because he did mention that he does want to coach before the deadline, which means things 
uh, before the deadline, sorry, before the draft, which means things yep. have to move fairly quickly. So I want to ask you, with all of that and thinking about what this roster looks like, what type of coach or who out there do you think the Raptors are starting to go after or should go after? Yeah, that's a tricky one. Um, there's the obvious names that we have been continuously hearing. And actually, Woj, bless his heart, sent it out You know, shortly right after he tweeted that Nick Nurse was fired, is that Ime Udoka is a serious candidate for the Toronto Raptors job. I've, I mean, I was talking to some people at the presser um, earlier about this, is that you know, Masai Ujiri has talked a lot about, you know, black coaches in the NBA and like the increase and how all they need is a chance. And I would be surprised. Like, I don't want to get too far down that path, but I would be very surprised if it's not a a, a black coach. I'll, I'll put it that way. Um, you know, best person for the job, but Masai cares about that kind of thing. And um, also with what the Raptors are building with their culture, um, what they want to regain. I think he believes that, you know, a connection could be formed that could be a little bit stronger, Right. Um, with a player, with a, a coach that perhaps has is African American or has uh, African descent. That's just my personal opinion. He clearly cares about that kind of thing, um, and uh, he wants to, you know, increase the value of players coming from Africa. And I think that also stands to be the same with uh, coaches too. Right? He believes they can get it done. Now, that's not going to, I don't think that's going to be the ultimate conclusion, right? Like that's not going to be uh, what decides things. But, but I think that's definitely a factor. In terms of the coach that you want to bring in, I mean, it's it's hard because like if if the Raptors decide that they want to trade, okay, they trade Fred VanVleet and Pascal Siakam, for instance, right? This is what I talked to Javon Shepard about yesterday: is that you could do that, and you're launching your 24 and under team, which is actually still has a lot of potential. You know, OG, Gary, Scotty, Christian, right? Like you're obviously you're hitting a ceiling a lot faster. It's like, but um, now you're kind of building something, and all the players are together, right? similar age and you just keep on going just like OKC has done. Right. Um, but if you're not doing that, then you want to win right now. And he has already said that, you know, they want to bring back Jakob Hurdle. He actually had great things to say about Jakob, by the way, that was really nice. Yeah. It was, it was great. Yeah. And, and he's got to, you traded away. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. Um, but if you're doing that, then, okay. So you're keeping Jakob. Um, you need a point guard, obviously. Um, there's it's kind of a shallow market out there. So you probably re-sign Fred. Like, it just seems like you're bringing back a very similar team to me. And then with that in mind, then you believe in the core, you believe that they could be a top six, which I mean, if Jakob Pearl is here the entire season, the Raptors are probably a top 16, right? Yeah. Um, and so I think you want to now coach, you want a coach who can help elevate your squad. You want to, you want a coach that can um, get the best out of players, put them in positions to be successful. They're going to prioritize their development. They're known for holding players accountable. Um, and I think those are all qualities that are really important. Nick did say that, you know, or sorry, Masai did say that, you know, the development of the players and how they haven't really got a lot of playing time was something of a factor in this, right? Yeah. And that was a philosophy difference. And when Masai said that, you know, I usually let coaches do their thing and then we address it later on, but he's like, maybe, you know, going forward, it might be a little bit more hands-on. Um, I thought I that was that, very telling. Yeah. Uh-huh. Exactly. And uh, I think that's what we're we're talking about is that we're probably going to see more of those young players, which we're going to get to in a second. They're going to get opportunities and um, they want to ensure that they're bringing in a coach who is going to help those players, you know, learn how to be NBA professionals. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it'll be really interesting. I mean, development is some is once again, we're getting back to what Raptors culture is and what Raptors culture has been. And I think for the longest time, if we look at, 
what your successful Raptors teams have been. It's been teams that can develop, right? It's it, it, Fred Van Vliet, Pascal Siakam, OG Ananobi, on and on. These are guys, Norman Powell, who just had a 40-point um, playoff Shut up, man, game. Man. Holy. Just not so good. Um, so, so these are guys that the Raptors have developed, and that's been sort of the Raptors' calling card. And I think this goes back to us talking about the culture, us talking about change. We cannot say that about these recent Raptors teams. Who have mm-hmm. they developed recently? Nobody, really. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, who? No, who sure. has come through the ranks and has truly been developed? There's you can't really say that about anybody, and that's something that has been the Raptors' calling card. And so it'd be really interesting to see if some names that were part of the team before, some names that used to be here, mm. uh, like Jamamahalela over in Golden State, uh, yeah, sure. a Jesse Mermit, um, a Jerry Stackhouse. These are all guys uh-huh. who sort of been with the team, understand Raptors culture, understand what it means. And so it'd be interesting to see them come. I think the Ime Udoka is going to be the biggest name, right? Yeah. He is the best coach of the bunch. He um, has been a head coach, which a lot of these guys that have named have never been a head coach before. And we've seen him lead a team to a finals in his first year as a head coach. He also comes from the sort of Spurs line as well. And we know the Raptors sort of relationship with that too mm. there. So it's the biggest name. Yep. But it's something there's personally where I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's got to be a big but. We like to me what the Raptors haven't done the best job of is the is you have fans who care about this team, but also how do I'm trying to find the proper way to word this? And really, what I'm trying to say, and this is something that you know we've discussed at length on Dishes and Dimes, which is the conversation mm. of do these organizations value us, right? And so when news like what happened with Ime Udoka comes out and we don't have answers on any of it, it's been a year almost, and we still don't really know what happened, can you just sort of sweep that under the rug and bring him here? Because what message does that send to the fans that want to support and love this team, but also are like, wasn't he accused of X, Y, and Z? Like a team basically got rid of him despite him taking them to the finals for this, it seems like a big enough issue. And I think the Celtics did a terrible job with it. I think the Celtics blundered it completely in the fact that mm. we still don't really know what happened. And so to me, it's like, if you're taking that step of, of bringing him in, it's a similar thing that happened, you know, with, you know, the teams had James Johnson multiple times. There was the incident with, with a Terrence Davis, who are both guys that have alleged uh, abuse cases against them. And I think that matters. I think it's, I think it's too much to separate player from what's going on in their personal lives because these are people first and the Raptors pride themselves on this culture this family sort of atmosphere that's what they talk about that's what they stress so much Mm. and like what is your culture really if you don't value the the high integrity people right and that's not to say that any of them are not high integrity people but like can we know what happened can you address it and I think it's completely different if they address it (laughs) if they do bring him on are we addressing it are we talking about it are we closing the chapter on it do we have some more clarity on it as the public because if one Mm. franchise is running away from him and getting rid of him it seems pretty bad so can you just like let your fans who value and care about these things know that like hey you know we we looked at it this this is what happened and uh, the chapter's been closed and you know we pride ourselves on giving people second chances and so on and so forth, whatever it is. And we kind of go from it 
we kind mm. of go from there. So, and this is like not something that I want to spend too much time on because we don't know anything. We don't know if he's sure. even going to come, anything like that. But I just thought like, hey, Raptors, if this is a move that you're going to make, PR matters, right? Like optics matter. And so mm. please just let us know that like things are fine and it wasn't like this complete abuse of power like it seems like because that's that's just icky. And I like yeah. to watch basketballs and escape from all of the ickiness and it sucks when you... Uh, and you mix it in with with more icky, but um, that's a conversation for another day. Let's talk about um some icky in in a way that's palatable, which is just the Raptor season <laughs> as a whole. Um, it's a level of ickiness I can tolerate. Miss Harvey Jerry said oh, something that oh, I thought just was more, incredibly... sorry, just, just one more thing on uh, the the coach, um, because yeah. we didn't really talk about like the Raptors' biggest flaw this season was offense, right? Half court offense, defense was a problem, yeah. but then you know they get Yaka Pertle, their fifth oh, in defensive rating, right? Yeah. But the fifth in defensive rating when they get Yak, so he was he helped. He, they need a rim protector. They got a rim protector. Things went better. Um, Nick Nurse, he was known obviously as a, an offensive coach. I guess you know heading into the Raptors organization, he became more of a mm-hmm. defensive guru. And you know to his credit, there are teams in the playoffs right now that are using his tactics. Yep. So um, he is still a very good coach. But offensively, I think there's a lot of room for growth within um, the Raptors organization, their style of play. Um, and I think they have to prioritize that a little bit. Defense is a lot about just about will intent and, you know, a little bit of want to sometimes look, look at the Kings right now. Um, and, but offense, you do need to be a bit more tactical. You gotta be able to strategize. And, you know, Masai did say that, you know, shooting is going to be a priority to add that. I'm sure Nick would say the same thing that that would help me too. Um, but, uh, you do need a robust, a plethora of ways in which you can attack teams and the Raptors have talented players, right? Along with, you know, some tweaks in the margins, but there are ways that they should be able to expose other teams more in more ways than they are right now, because it's a lot of isolation. Yeah. There's no tempo to their offense, no pace. And if you don't have those, I mean, you're just, you don't have a good offense and right. I don't think they really do. It's it's just telling how quickly the NBA moves that, you know, when the Raptors were completely revamping their offense in 2018 they were implementing nick nurse style basketball and now yeah. we're just like he's an offensive coordinator <laughs> it's just yeah. the nba changes so quickly and offenses change uh incredibly quickly as well and, and yeah i completely agree but i think that i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month over 70 percent of linkedin users don't visit other leading job sites so if you're not looking on linkedin you'll miss out on great candidates like sandra start hiring professionals like a professional post your free job on linkedin.com people today the defense being the biggest issue for most of the year kind of points to what the biggest issue is, which is culture. And that's something that was talked about quite a bit. Yeah. Um, and I think again, when you, I think that falls on your leaders, but I also think that follows falls on your, your coaching staff as well. And so it looks like Nick nurse is taking the blame there because, you know, to Masai's point, he said he didn't enjoy watching this team play, which cool. those are incredibly damning words. Yeah. Um, and you have multiple guys who are going to be unrestricted free agents this offseason, and you had a coach. And it seems like there were, had to be changes made because it just doesn't make sense to bring this team together when you can admit you do not enjoy watching this team play. I did not enjoy watching this team play for so much. Mm. But then there were moments 
there were moments and I, I keep going to that you know playing game that Chicago the game against Chicago where you watch the team's defense and you were like oh they can look like this you yeah. watch the team's offense when the shots are falling it's beautiful right and you can see how beautifully this team can play but how often did we get games like that like at least the first mm. half of that game and how often did we get games like you know the lakers like that that road trip yeah, take a break, yeah. Have, <laughs> yeah. yeah like any game um you know it, so what did you think about those words and what does this team look like next year if if you enjoy watching them play, like, is it, do we hmm. think it's a similar style of basketball or do you think it's completely revamped no matter who the coach is? Like, what does this Raptors team look like when it's fun to you? Um, yeah. What are your thoughts on, on that? Miss Ijiri quote. Well, I mean, um, you mentioned the defense and uh, you, you make a sound point that the defense was a problem even before Yaka Pertl. And I think uh, the philosophy in which Nick implements and I mean, it's, it's controversial because there are other coaches who also believe that, you know, being extremely aggressive in today's NBA is important because offenses are just too damn good. So you got to throw the first punch at the same time. I've always enjoyed, um, at least throughout this season, I've really watched, enjoyed watching um, OKC, OKC play defense because there's, it's um, movement with purpose. Um, they don't overcommit. They're taking away the paint. They're forcing you into jump shots from certain spots. They're, they're, taking the game to you but not in the same way the raptors were with their aggression and when i see like you know these big holes in their in their defense you know you have your your point of attack defenders they're picking up guys at half court then you got this massive hole around the nail and then your back line is by the basket i'm just like what is going on like this is broken this is broken yeah. And uh, I think that's where you probably need to, to start with when it comes to, you know, what kind of style of play we're going to do is that you have all this wingspan, you have all this length on the roster, use it in the sense of being more composed, um, you know, just being a bit, bit more deliberate with, with your movements and also just not being overcommitting on defense. Yeah. And when you're doing that, along with your offense not being great, there is going to be a lack of spirit, right? Because nothing's going yeah. well, like literally nothing's going well at that point. And there was a lot of occasions, you know, especially early in the season, where nothing was going right. They're getting beat by some teams that weren't that good. Um, they're so still, bad. you know, they're playing the starters a lot of minutes. They couldn't keep up. They were breaking down. Fourth quarter comes around. They were up 10. Now they're down 20. Like, these things were happening a lot. And it was just eat, sleep, rinse, repeat. And that Chicago game, you're a pod with the sod last week or week before, whatever it was. Um, it kind of just told, like, this was the story of the Raptor season, this Bulls game, right? And, and uh, perfectly the fact, encapsulated the season. It yeah, was and perfect. It's insane. And right down to DR, queen. Honestly, honestly. <laughs> and uh, the fact that we saw that script and none of us were surprised, that's a problem. That shows a lack of adjustments, yeah. a lack of tweaks, a lack of just, you know, following the trends, following where the yeah. NBA is going. And uh, that has to happen. And if you're doing that, like the Raptors do have talented players on their team. Um, I think a lot gets solved if you're able to, yeah, just find some different fundamentals with your your style. I think I think your point about it sort of being different than the rest. Like I I wrote about the Raptors sort of zigging when everybody else zags, but then mm. there comes a moment where you have to recognize maybe I got to zag a little bit too. Maybe yeah. there's a reason that every team is going in this direction. And I think I think next year still, if you're looking at what this Raptors team looks like, it's going to be a good defensive team. I think it's still going to be a team that gets stops. This is a team that has to sort of pride itself on defense and be built on defense because as it stands right now, there's still not enough shooting. And even yeah. if you bring in an, an, one other shooter, there's still won't 
be enough shooting. <laughs> like this is a team that that yeah. as long as you have Scotty Barnes and Pascal Siakam at Honestly, just having those two on the court already as two guys who can't space the floor. You're, and Jakob Portal is your center. That's three people in a starting lineup that can't space the floor. Uh, that's what we talked about. That's what right? we talked about. That's a problem. You you lack shooting. And so no matter what this team looks like, if, as long as there's sort of like the core sticks together, it's going to be a team that lacks shooting. So you have to sort of be built on the defensive end. And something that Nick Nurse, I mean, we started to see a, lo- a lot more, especially with Jakob Pertl, because you need to have a big who can, you need to have a big who can roll <laughs> and can set screens. I think just implementing some easy offense, pick and roll. Like you have Malachi Flynn, who is apparently this like stellar pick and roll guy. Why don't we ever see it? I know that there's not nobody mm. really on the bench that can like be a, a good roller, but like maybe working Christian Cloco that way, maybe try to get some more reps in for Precious Achua, like develop like there, there's just there's just got to be an easier way to do everything everything yeah. cannot be this laborious for this Raptors team and I think that that's what it comes down to and that's going to fall a lot on the players and Masai Ujiri made mention of that as well and talked about needing to evaluate and I think the starting lineup having three guys who can't shoot in the starting lineup is probably going to factor into that evaluation as well yeah. I thought it was really interesting when when like Fred Van Vliet and Pascal Siakam were mentioned he was like yeah that's going to be something that we evaluate too um hmm. What did you think? Like, I guess it's too soon to say, but do you think we're going to get major changes with Fred and Pascal specifically? It's really hard to say. I mean, the thing that I said earlier about, you know, uh, okay, if you do want to... You you need a point guard. Yeah, you need a point guard. But also if you are, (laughs) if you're, if you're looking to win now, like next season is important for you to win. I guess that's a question that would have been interesting to to hear Masai's take on it. How important is winning next season? Because if it's not, then everything's on the table, right? Like truly mm-hmm. everything is on the table. Um, I think trading a pick and yes, there are protections on it, but it's only top six. I think that sort of, and, and what Masai did say, it's, it's not about losing a pick, which is how people are framing it. It's about gaining Yaka Pirtle. And so he's decided that a 27 year old center matters more than a first round pick. So to me, that means faith have desires to win next season sure and i i to be fair i do agree with what what his stance was on it it's hard to find starting caliber centers and it's hard to find one that fits your system that fits your identity love that word identity has been a very trendy word over the past few weeks um and what is uh, the raptor's identity that's fine well true but (laughs) their identity is having a center who can do everything that yaka pearl can um at the very least we know that so um i i don't mind that they made that decision um you know, the money is going to be what it's going to be, 17 million, 20 million. I'm not sure what it's going to be, but having that solidified is really important, not just for the Raptors, for any NBA team, if you want to win. So that's that part. I, you could make a, I mean, you're talking about the starting lineup, you know, Barnes, Siakam, Jacoperto, none of three-point shooting. No, it's not, right? Um, both those players, Barnes and Siakam, they went down 2% in their three-point shooting percentage this season. Um problems like these are actual problems and i'm looking at the playoffs now and it's it's amazing to me how many players are on the court for some of these teams that are you know truly the contenders and how versatile they are on the offensive end defense okay that's fine but you know teams tend to scheme especially in a series like they can scheme around a lot of their flaws within reason but the skill versatility is severely lacking on the toronto raptors severely and Um, that was exposed a lot this season, like whether and that's that was going to happen regardless of Nick Nurse, right? You don't have the personnel to have a very good functioning offense to me. That's just you know point blank. 
And so do you address that through um, free agency? Do you address that through, you know, player subtractions in terms of Fred? Although I think Fred's pretty versatile in his own right, but um, yeah. someone's, something has to give essentially. Right. Um, I mean, there's a lot of talk about fit and I agree something needs to give. And I think where, you know, he said, you know, it's not like we only want six, nine guys. (laughs) Like we're fine with guys that of different heights as well. But um, I think the, the point there about fit is if you have too many like sized and like skill set guys, you maybe need to use one of them and get some additional players back, which, Mm. you know, the reason why you didn't get one of those blockbuster trades at the deadline reportedly is because the Raptors weren't getting any players back in any of those deals. And the Mm. Raptors needed players back in return because they didn't want to go into a tank. They wanted, you know, already a team that lacks depth is not going to trade away one of their starters for Mm. some picks in the future. That's not going to help them win right now. And it seems like Masai Ujiri wants to win right now. And so I think part of it is, is there some redundancy on this roster? And can we move some of these pieces to try and get additional things? And another part of it is development of young guys, which is something that the Raptors have done. And to Masai, you know, Masai said something, and I think it's very valid, which is in year one and in year two, we had no idea what Pascal Siakam would become. And that's Mm -hmm. very true. I think there's this idea that Pascal Siakam was, no, he was nowhere close to this. His entire bit of offense was leaking out in transition. That was it. That's all he did, right? Mm -hmm. It was just about having high energy and getting out there and and doing it. And so, and even Fred Van Vliet was nowhere close to this. Like a guy who can get 20 assists in a game, absolutely nowhere did you see that in Fred Van Vliet's first couple of years Mm -hmm. in the league. Um, And, you know, OG Ananobi came into this league as someone who was, dubbed as not a shooter and instantly his rookie year but was a shooter but um so you don't know what guys are going to be and I think that's fair to the Delano Bantons and to the Christian Colocos and to the precious Achuas even because you know sky's yeah. the limit for- um, we know this but, uh, <laughs> um so so I think a lot of the the fit conversations is going to come from some of the young guys what did you think about what Masai Ujiri said about them in particular and who are you sort of looking at as one of those guys that can maybe make that jump next season to really make this team make more sense. I mean, the guys you just mentioned, Pascal, Fred, and OG, they played when they became Toronto Raptors. They played Um, and they earned their minutes and they got better. Now all of them filled something of a need, you know, backup point guard, um, energy off the bench. OG was three and D like from the moment he entered the NBA almost like he's always had those abilities uh, that the, it's not exactly as clear with some of the other players. But to, to be fair, like, yes, they filled the need, yeah. but you had Delano, you had Delano, right? You had Delon right there as well, who yeah. was ahead of Fred Van Vliet in the pecking order. You had DeMar DeRozan who was developing into a playmaker in his last year here, at least like mm. there were guys who took these roles and still the Raptors found ways to make their young guys matter in terms of this team. And I think that's something that, Nick Nurse has not really prioritized. And that that relationship that you have with the 905 is not, not something that seems to exist right now. And no. so it's like, are we bringing back some of those names? Does it Jerry Stackhouse? Does it Drama Mahalela? Do these guys that made this team make sense before, do they come back? I mean, it's, uh, I mean, the Raptors. That's not my question. My question is more about the young guys, but also, yeah, yeah. So no, do but they you're come right back? Though, right? Like, they, like the Raptors, I mean, they they just brought back Yaka Pertle. They drafted yeah. Jacob Pertle. They they yeah. care about these relationships, and just because someone leaves doesn't mean they can't come right back. So you are it's a sound point. Um, would not be surprised if either of those names come, come up back. over the next few weeks. You can play the long yeah. on me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, it's it'll be it'll be interesting. This is but fun. it's got to happen though. But it's got to happen though. 
I mean, Delano, um, Malachi, he mentioned Jeff Devin Jr., you got Christian Coloco, Precious Lachua. Those are all players that have still have potential to varying degrees, sure. Um, but they all could be players, you know, off your bench next season if you decide to go that route. Um, and meanwhile, most of them didn't really have play, uh, roles with the team this entire season, mostly. Um, and that could, that's the culture shock that we're talking about, something that has to, to change with this team. Now, how does it work? It's going to be coming down to the contracts and how the Raptors decide to evaluate the top six of their, their roster. Um, but I, I don't see any reason why you would give up on Delano Banton, a 6'8 gazelle, no. a point guard. Yeah. Like, that's insane to me. Christian Coloco. Masai was very complimentary of him. Yeah. And, and one one person that we didn't talk about that Masai was, was complimentary of was Scotty Barnes. And, you know, there's a lot of talk about mm. Scotty's conditioning. You know, he mentioned it himself, uh, you know, to to be a better defender next year, right? Um, there was a lot of talk about his workouts in the summertime. There's sort of been a bit of that. And Masai Ujiri, to his credit, said, you know, he's only 21 years old. He came in in, in a COVID year. You know, he's one of the yeah. COVID rookies. And so things have been out of whack, but he expects a different Scotty Barnes. And let me tell you something, this team, we're not talking about them being out of the playoffs if Scotty Barnes is a legit, like if Scotty Barnes takes that leap, right? Like mm. we're talking about a completely different team, which is so odd that we can be sitting here and having these conversations and the team could look completely different if Fred Van yeah. doesn't shoot like me out there for half of the year. And if <laughs> Scotty Barnes, <laughs> um, and if, you know, and if Scotty Barnes plays closer to the second half of the season and even, you know, yeah. takes a step up from there. Um, and like this team just is completely different. And so it's it's really interesting that we're having these conversations, but the talent is on the team. Yeah. The talent is right there. It's just a matter of who can bring it out. And it's clear with all of the conversation about culture that Nick Nurse wasn't the guy. There are lots of things that happen behind the scenes, I'm sure that we're just not privy to mm. because it feels very similar to Dwayne Casey's last season here. Well, that was a great year. You know, you win 59 games, all that great stuff, but you lose and you start to see the team kind of crumple a little bit. You know, you you get comments from Kyle Lauer. You, you start to feel like yeah. maybe things aren't what they see. Maybe it's not mm -hmm. all coach of the year, sunshine and rainbows. Sure. And then he gets fired shortly after. And so, here, we're not getting those sunshine and rainbow feels. We're not feeling any of that. And, like, we still don't really know what happened. But, like, like I said, Masai doesn't give a lot, but I felt like I took a lot from this. And that's just because culture seemed to be the big thing and him not enjoying this team playing and the lack of development and all of these other things, I think, come right down to coaching. And so it makes mm -hmm. sense that he's the guy out of there. I'd be surprised if we get bigger changes I think maybe, like, I, I've sort of always mentioned, like, a, I'm not, not going to put any names out there because I don't want it in the universe. But mm -hmm. someone um, that's a, that's part of the core six being traded to get more depth, I can see that being something that happens. But yeah. outside of that, I think you're starting, I think Pascal Siakam, I think Fred Van Vliet, I think Scotty Barnes. I think these are guys that are going to be here long term, um, at least, you know, for the next couple of years. And I think you bring in Jakob Pertl, and that solidifies that. And now it's, how do we get more depth around these players? Hmm. Um, Ogiana Novi, someone you know, I would love to have here, but maybe he's your biggest trade chip. I don't know what that is. Don't, 
don't trade him please never do that <laughs> but um that that to me is is sort of it, what it seems like this team is going to look like and yeah. uh, I wouldn't be surprised if the name for the coach is someone we'd never heard of um, because we saw <laughs> you do, like we, none of us thought the Nick Nurse would take over for Dwayne Casey right? there were all these reports sure. about all sorts of different guys and it ended up being Nick Nurse who was on the roster the entire time uh so it'll be mm. interesting to see uh this was great thank you so much for joining me do you have any last words about this press conference conference and what this Raptors offseason might look like. I'm happy Jeff Doden is part of the Raptors future. Yes. I'm really happy about that. Yes. Which I think we talked about that, right? I think I was saying like I would be surprised, like I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if he gets signed in the offseason but just isn't here for these last few games cuz yeah. Uh they don't trust him enough, which maybe we should have. Maybe <laughs> maybe <laughs> he would have helped. I think he was at OVO while the press conference was going on practicing. And Masai said that he's been here, you know, since the season ended. Yeah, yeah, there have been photos the court, of him, So yeah. I think he was there. Yeah, um, I think, I mean, it's, it's a, we it's love a great that. move. Yeah, it's it's still, like, it, it makes you think more about, like, so what are we doing? Because you got Delano, you got Jeff Dowden, you got Malachi Flynn. Like, what is going on to me? Jeff Dowden is a backup point guard. He could be the backup point guard for the Raptors next season. And uh, that's pretty much that. But decisions have to be made. I, I still, I'm I'm very confused on how they would, you know, fix their starting lineup in terms of shooting without, you know, trading one of the players. <laughs> I don't know. And, you know, Gary Trent Jr. does, is that the best way to use that kind of money? Um, I'm not sure. I think great Gary is a great player, but when, if you're, if you're invested in that, you know, top five of yours. Does and that you think fix that... the starters though? Cause he's not a starter now. <clears throat> no, uh, no, no. Yeah. No, no he's not. You gotta save money. Somewhere. That 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 that's yeah. You yeah, it's true. It'll be really that's that's an interesting one. Um, you know, Gary. The Raptors. There are going to be a lot of questions for them this offseason. Yeah. If Otto Porter comes back, and you know, Masai Jerry made mention of it. Um, which who knows? But um, if he comes back, I think that also is somebody who solves a lot of these questions here, right? Like, sure. I think you do. If you're the Raptors, have to rely on internal growth, and I think the fact that you didn't see any internal growth in the last. X amount of years really I don't like who has mm. developed who has been who has improved since 2020 2021 like that year was a bunch of veterans but like so I don't even know if anyone improved in that year who's improved since Nick Nurse has taken over I guess Pascal Siakam yeah. probably in the championship year uh OG Ananobi of course improves all the time but like who have we developed nobody no the guys, so. that, no, the guys that have played have improved <laughs> yeah well that's fair that's fair yeah. and I mean they were all-stars and all-nba players you know then too um but yeah. like since that since the tampa year you can't really point to anybody who has and no. so a team that relies this heavily on internal growth and i think they'll mm -hmm. continue to rely this heavily on internal growth to your point Jakob pertle is someone that they drafted so even if they traded for him he's kind of an internal guy too um sure. so the entire starting lineup yeah. are just guys that the raptors have drafted they clearly believe in the talent that they have picked out and so it's a matter of a coach that can bring it out and nick nurse clearly has not been the guy to do that I'd be surprised if um, if the person who comes in doesn't have a reputation for being someone who can develop young guys and, and play young guys. Mm -hmm. And also you got to think about what, you know, this move means for other coaches, other staff members on the Raptors. Um, Cause yeah. I don't think uh, Nick nurse is going to be the only one necessarily. There's going to be other people who won't be back with the team. It's, it is truly a, a culture reset, if you will, because there's going to be different assistant coaches, you know, whoever they do hire is going to bring in their own people. Rico Hines, Earl Watson, how do their roles change? Do they change? Um, these are all things that are going to have to be considered. 
That is true. That is true. And it'll be an interesting summer. I mean, the Raptors have one of the most interesting summers in the NBA. The playoffs are going on right now. Thank you for joining me. Uh, who do you have? Let's let's close out with just one have coming out the East. Out the East? Yeah. Um, and I was on record saying that the Bucks were the team, but um, the Celtics look really good right now. They look really, New. really strong. Um, and I, I might have to- Derek White, finals MVP. <laughs> Malcolm Brogdon, finals MVP. Um, maybe, I, I guess right now, today, as we're talking on this Friday, beautiful day outside, I'm going to say the Celtics, but um, if- And in the West? Is healthy. In the West? Sure. I mean, Kawhi pending? Because <laughs> right now, to me, it's the Clippers, but uh, it's all on Kawhi and if he's healthy. I think if Kawhi plays the rest of the series, I think they do beat the Suns, personally. It's just my my take on it. But um, if not them, perhaps it's whoever come, wins this matchup, actually. Suns or Clippers. But I do worry I like a lot that. about the Suns breaking down because their depth is worse than the Raptors, I think. Very sus. And yeah. <laughs> 44 minutes for each player. Although Devin Booker, he's off the chain right now. Oof. Playing, playing, I think, the best basketball of his career right now. And it's been such a joy to watch. But yeah, I, I, think, I think I agree with you. I think who comes out of the Suns, Clippers is is a good one and the Bucks have been my pick. I'm, I'm going to continue to ride with them. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you everyone for tuning in. Have a great day. Mubarak everybody and um, hasta la vista Nick Nurse. I hope you land somewhere fun. <laughs>